All right, welcome back to Bible Time. We're going to have Michael Kine with us today. We're out at Gainesville, Florida, under the tent. We're having our morning prayer meeting. And Brother Michael, um, here you go, whatever's on your heart. Good morning. Good morning. God's good to us. He's good to us. All right. Open your Bibles to 2 Timothy. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know exactly how this is going to go, but I know God's good. I know His words are good. And I know that's what we need is God's Word. And I'm trusting today, especially this morning, I'm trusting right now that God will open His words to us and feed us. You don't need my opinions. You don't need my speaking abilities which are small (laughs) and not very good at all what we need is God to meet with us and I trust that the Lord will do that this morning and I trust and I'm hoping that you're praying throughout this meeting praying right now that God will feed us praying that God will give us the strength that we need raise your hand if you're tired raise your hand if you're worn out or if you got a headache. Yeah. That's good. That's good. It's good to be worn out for Jesus. Amen. You know, I can remember playing football and we'd go do camp. We'd go do a camp. We'd drive all the way down. It was down south. Where was that? I can't remember. But anyways, down south. And we did what they call three days. Sometimes that would turn into four days. And a three-a-day or a four-day is when you wake up at about four in the morning and you go practice and you do conditioning. And that sprints as hard as you can sprint. That's as many push-ups as you can do till failure. That's as many sit-ups as you can do till failure. And you've got coaches standing over top of you, screaming their lungs out at you. And you give all that you have. And then once you give all that you have, you put your pads on and then you go play football and that's all effort on every play coaches screaming at you players counting on you and you would put all your effort into it and I can remember a pounding headache because the first time you start hitting people with the helmet on your head's not used to that and so your head would begin to just pound to where you almost couldn't think but somehow you get past that because football was important yeah there you go and then that was day one. And the heat was so hard. I remember I, I, we wore jeans. My, my legs underneath the, because our, our pants only went down to about here, would get so sunburnt. My arms would be so sunburnt, they would sting. And you push past that. Yeah. And you go play football because why? You like football. Right. You know what I got out of playing football? Not a whole lot. Right. Not a whole lot. And you know what's sad is that Christians... When things get a little rough, things get a little troubling in our, in our Laodicean church age yeah. where we like padded pews and we like air conditioning and we like vehicles that run and, and AC in our vehicles and a comfy couch to sit on. Christianity gets a little rough where you might be a little tired, you might have a little headache and we're ready to go sit down and we're ready to go kick our feet up and we're ready to just give up because, oh, this is too hard. 
How many times have you been to a job site where things didn't go right? Yep. Right. Where the tools broke. Yep. Where you couldn't figure out a problem. And you didn't pack your bags and go home because your family needed to eat and you needed to make some money. Right. We're talking about lost souls here today. Amen. That's more valuable than any money that you could ever make, any money that you could ever get. And yet when it gets a little hard and it gets a little tiresome and you get a little headache, or you get a little pain, you're ready to go home. I'm, I'm not just talking to you. I'm not talking down to you. I'm... I, I'm telling you the truth where I'm at and I'm telling you and here's what we're going to preach on being stirred up this morning that's what God gave me because this isn't some new thing we're we're Tuesday we're here till Saturday and every single day is going to be a battle and don't expect the devil to let off but here's the other thing (laughs) don't expect for God's grace to let off God is gracious. God is merciful. God will give us the strength. That's right. You know those ladies singing, All the way my Savior leads me. Amen. God leads. We've got a problem in Christianity. We've got a problem in even our Bible believing. Where we'll read something. We'll know it's right. We'll know it's true. We can even shout amen and still not believe it. Yeah. And still not apply it to our hearts. And I'm asking you to ask God, get honest with God, and ask Him for the strength and the belief to believe the words that you read, to believe the words that you sing, and apply them to your heart, that they're not just words. This is a living book. This is God's words. Jesus, was, Jesus is the Word of God made flesh. And when you read it, it's more than just reading. It's not a history book. This isn't just... Uh, uh, another book. This is God's words. And when you read it, it does something to you. When we talk about breaking the bread of life, if you're hungry, right? If If you were thirsty and you were hungry, you sit down to a meal, something's different after the meal, right? You've got food in your belly. You're feeling better. And that's what you expect when you eat. And when you read the word of God, it should do something for you and fill you Because it's the bread for your spirit. It's the water for your spirit. Now, I don't have it in me to scream and shout this morning, but God may give me the the ability. I don't know. And if God wants me to scream and shout about this message, then I'll scream and shout about it, Lord willing. God, give me the strength. God, meet with us, Lord. Lord, I'm praying as we open your words this morning, Lord, that you just be with us. Fill this place with your Holy Spirit, Lord God. Feed us, Lord. Help us to want to be fed, Lord. Give us hearts that are willing, Lord God. Give us hearts that want to be stirred up. Give us hearts for the lost, Lord God, that love the lost like you love the lost, Lord God. Feed us this morning. We're asking you, Lord God. If you don't meet with us, Lord, we're wasting our time, Lord. But we know that you do want to meet with us. You do want to feed your children, Lord. You're a better father than I am. You're a better father than any one of us, Lord. And when my children are hungry, Lord, I want to feed them. And Lord God, I pray you'd give us hearts that are willing and ready to be fed, Lord. And just help us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 2. And we'll get into the message here in a little bit, but this is what God gave me for right now. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace... That is in Christ Jesus. The reason he's telling him, his son, 
to be strong in the grace is because he's weak. Did you get a hold of that? Amen. He's, you don't tell somebody who's strong to be strong. Yeah. They're already strong. But you tell somebody who's weak to be strong. And he's not strong. You can't be strong in your own flesh. Yep. Our flesh is weak. We just read that in the psalm. That our flesh is weak. We're just dust. And dust and our bodies fail us. We get lightheaded. We get headaches. We get tired. We get worn out. And we have to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And and God gives us strength. All Verse 2. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Faithful men. Faithful men. You know, when, when, we, when we went down and played football, we were faithful to get up even though we didn't feel like it. Not just the first time that day, but the second time that day. And you'd get so worn out and so dehydrated and you'd go back again the third time for football. And then guess what? The second day would come and that pounding headache didn't go away. And now you had injuries because you've been hitting people with your pads on and your leg got hurt and your ankle swelled up. I had an ankle that fractured and was swelling up so big I couldn't barely put my shoes on. And and the, the staff medic or whatever, she would tape that ankle up as tight as she could just to be able to get the shoe on and then put a metal brace on it on either side and strap that metal brace together. Otherwise, my ankle would turn over. And that happened like day two. And that was the start of it. And it didn't, we didn't stop. Why? Because we had a position to earn on the roster. And God, how much more important is it to serve God? Does God have to make it to where you have no headache? Does God have to make it to where you have all types of energy in order for you to serve Him? Because that's not what God promised. God didn't promise you an easy, nice little stroll to be able to serve Him. And if you look at what the early church did, if you look at what Paul went through, he went through a lot. And we're talking people were dying. Dying. They get thrown into a prison. Paul got stoned. If there was a reason to quit, he had it. Yeah. And I'm not denying that we're tired. That's, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm addressing it. The Bible addresses our tiredness yeah. and our weariness. That's right. And I'm not asking you even to pretend like it's not there. Because it is. What I'm asking and what God tells us to do is to be strong in His grace that goes through our bodies that are dust. Let's read the next verse. Be faithful. Be a faithful witness for God. Verse 3. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. There it is. That's the hardness. Endure hardness. There's hard things in life. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a good soldier. And that's what this is about. It's about pleasing God. 
It's not about pleasing each other. It's not about feeling good. It's about pleasing God despite the hardness. It's about pleasing God when you don't feel like it. It's about singing praises to God when you don't have the voice to sing the praises. But you're singing it with with all that you have because you're wanting to please our Savior. He's chosen you to be a soldier. Aren't you glad we've got soldiers that when they go overseas and the dust is blowing and they've got headaches and they've got serious wounds that could get infected or are infected that they don't say I want to go home or I need to go home and give up on the battlefield. You want soldiers that are going to stay in the line. You want soldiers that are going to be on the front lines. And when they're hurt, And when they're tired, and when they're worn out, they don't give up. They keep fighting. We're in a fight. We're in a battle right now. This morning, we're in a battle. That that song, Keep on the Firing Line. That's easy to sing, isn't it? That's easy to get excited about when you're sitting in an AC, and everything's right, and you don't have a headache, and you're not worn out. But keeping on the firing line is not an easy task. That's right. And, and the only way it can be done is through the grace of Jesus Christ. I'm going to read the first verse of keep on the firing line. If you're in the battle for the Lord and right, keep on the firing line. We're in the battle for the Lord and right. All right. Amen. And we're not in a godly society. We're in a in a hellish society. Right. We're, we're in a battle right. for the Lord and right. And the devil's not happy about it. Keep on the firing line. If you win the victory, brother, you must fight. That's right. The victory to give out the gospel, to come here, isn't just handed to you. We have victory in our Lord. We have victory in Jesus Christ when we die. But the battle... The, the, the enduring hardness isn't just handed to you. The Bible says you're going to have to endure hardness as a soldier of Jesus Christ here on this, in this life. Amen. Here with this flesh, there's a battle. And we have the victory over your flesh, over our infirmities. Right. We know that. God will give you the strength, even though you've got a headache, to go give somebody the gospel. God will give you the energy, even though you don't have it, to preach His Word, to sing to Him. And God will do something to you. God will change you to give you the ability to do that when you don't have the ability. And then you know it's God. I think of Gideon. Gideon, he puts out the fleece. He checks to make sure it's of God. I can tell you, if it wasn't for God, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here. That's right. God has set this tent up. God has given us the abilities, given us the speakers, and I can go on and on and on on the different things that God has done to put us into this battle. And Gideon checked He checked and checked and checked. God put him in the battle. Then as he's going to battle, what happens? God has him lose soldiers. God said, all right, we're going to get rid of half of your army. Gideon's scratching his head. He's saying, I don't know if we can make it with the army we had. And then God says, get rid of more soldiers. And Gideon scratching his head. He said, okay, God, I guess we're going to get rid of those soldiers too. And why, why did God do that? God did that because He wants to get the glory. And when you're worn out and you know that you have no ability 
and you know that you've got no more strength in your flesh and God goes through that and God blesses it anyways, even though you're worn out, God gets the glory. And you can't say, oh, it's me. It's something I did. It's my great voice. It's my great ability to do this. It's, I just pushed forward. I just did that. God gets the glory and God wants the glory. And so when you're fighting and so when you're worn out, God gives us strength when we have no strength and that gives God the glory. And that's what we're here for. We're here to give God the glory. There are many dangers which we all must face if we die. If we die still fighting, it is no disgrace. Cowards in the service should not have a place. Cowards in the service should not have a place. Cowards in the service should not have a place. Keep on the firing line. Keep on the firing line. God don't want cowards in a service. That's, that song is right. And if we're honest with ourselves, we all got coward in us. That's right. We all got cowards in us. I'm a coward. I go up to a house and I see the sin in the, in the room and I see somebody come out and they got that old grumpy face on. The man that Brother Josh preached the gospel to, he had a grumpy face on. And he, they look at you like, why are you here? Why are you messing up my day? Somebody's walking down the road and God says, go give them the gospel. They're not saying, hey, give me the gospel. No, they don't expect the world to come over and say, hey, that a boy, let me pat you on the back and you keep it up. No, the world's going to fight you and you're going to be intimidated. But the power that is in the grace of God, the strength that God gives you, presses you forward. The world ain't going to pat you on the back. God gives the strength. And if you're looking for this life to get easy and the world to get easy and your flesh to start helping you out, you ain't going to find it. That's right. Don't be a coward. Ask God to give you strength and He'll give you strength. Amen. Keep on the firing line. We're just about to the message now. Turn in your Bibles. It's Bible time. We're going to get into a lot of a Bible. Go to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Actually, let's, let's back up just a little bit. Uh, verse 11. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into, everlasting, into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these We need to be reminded, though ye know them and be established in present truth, yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ hath showed me. This body is going to die. That's right. This body is going to be maggot food. This flesh has no ability. This flesh has no no great thing that it's going to suddenly lift you up and keep you going. This flesh is weak and it's frail and it gets sick and it wears out quickly. This flesh is weak 
And that's why we have to be reminded. We have to be stirred up. And let me tell you, Christians that are stirred up can do something in a city. Amen. And the devil knows that, and that's why he fights it tooth and nail. You know something we just witnessed? What was it, 2020? Yeah, it was 2020. Black Lives Matter. You guys remember that? Black Lives Matter? And you had protests going out all over the place where there's peaceful protests. And you know something about it? Black Lives Matter, that whole movement there, was wicked. Amen. It was wicked. It still is. Yeah. And the and the, the fruit of it you can see. When, uh, and that just goes to show you when you claim something, it means nothing. The actions speak louder than words. The actions of a church speak louder than the words of a church. The fruit in your life speaks louder than just the words that you say. And the and the our problem and Bible believing churches is that we know the right words to say but look at the fruit in your life anyways let me not get off on that black lives matter wasn't a big organization it wasn't a whole lot of people sure they had funding but it wasn't a lot of people and you know what they did these these few amount of people i think it started with like 100 200 not it wasn't that many people for six billion with a b dollars in damage they turned this country uh, where all the news media, all the focus, all the attention was on this, these protesters, these Black Lives Matter, and oh my lands, this is horrible, this is, what did this, what happened here? And, and here's how they did it. They were stirred up. That's right. And just a few people got stirred up and stirred some more people up, and they would shut a city down. And before the protests would even get there, they'd hear about the protests coming, and they'd start boarding up their windows and boarding up their, their shops and shutting stores down and shutting streets down. Why? Because some people got stirred up about something. They had some passion about something. Now, I'm not advocating that we throw rocks through windows. I'm not advocating that we go tear down businesses. That's not what we do as Christians. But you can, uh, the early church would turn a city on its face because their passion because they were stirred up about God and they would see a person walking by and they'd have to go say something to them they'd see people that were lost and dying and going to hell and because they were stirred up because they had so much passion for what Jesus Christ had told them and showed them they'd have to go share it and that passion that stirring up that God wants us to be stirred up does something to a place and if black lives matter and all their flesh and all their wickedness and all their filth can make that impact. Where's the Christians? Amen. Where's the Christians? Why aren't we stirred up? Amen. They had nothing to be stirred up over. Right. This country, and I don't want to get off on this, but this country hasn't had slaves in a while in my generation. Yep. There's nothing really there to be stirred up about, but the devil, oh, he got them stirred up. Yeah. And you know what? Their flesh is probably weak in it too. It's tiresome to get on a bus and go travel. They got on a bus and showed up, what, in Poplar Bluff area? Or Eminence? A little nobody town? And the story was they got off the bus and they came and met them on that bridge or whatever and sent them packing. But my point in that is they went to little towns because they were so stirred up over garbage, over nothingness. And the Christians, oh... Oh, it's rough stuff if we've got to go get on in a trailer and come down and, oh, I don't know if we can make it another day. 
And here the world is so stirred up right. that they're shutting cities down. Yeah. But we want to just stay in our little lane and we want to just stay quiet and we just want to go to church and we just want to yeah. sing the hymns and we want to sit in the AC and read our Bibles and live a comfortable life yeah, and not stir anything up. Because the moment you start stirring stuff up, the devil gets angry, the devil attacks, yeah. right. your flesh grows weak and you say, where's my white towel? I need to find my white towel. Why did I come down to Florida? Let me throw a white towel out. I'm done. Right. I'm worn out. I'm done. I'm giving up. And the world doesn't give up. Right. That's exactly right. The devil wants people to go to hell. Yeah. The devil showed up this morning yeah. to shut this thing down. But God showed up. Amen. Amen. And God's more powerful than the devil. Amen. Amen. But we've got to make sure we're not out here in our own flesh. I'm not talking about stirring up your own flesh. I'm not talking about drinking coffee and getting all excited. I drink coffee, but that's not the, it's no replacement for the Holy Spirit. And if I'm counting on my coffee to help me, then I've gone wrong. Right. I like to drink water when I'm thirsty. God gives us water. Amen. But if I'm counting on the water to keep me going, I've messed up. This is more important Amen. Amen. than any water, any breakfast you're going to eat this morning. Yeah. Any lunch we're going to have this afternoon, the Word of God is more powerful than earthly food. And you need to get a hold of that. And you need to believe that. And hide God's Word into your heart in order to be stirred up. Christians need to be stirred up. And when Christians get stirred up, God uses it. God stirs us up and He sends us out. And that's what Paul's doing here. Verse 13, 2 Peter 13, we're going to read it again. Yea, I think it meet... As long I am in, as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Remember what God has done for you. You could be lost and on your way to hell. You could be lost and headed for eternal damnation. You could be one of these guys that we drive by who's on the street corner and he's guzzling alcohol, miserable with his life, curled up in a corner. His family's left him or he's left his family, spent all his money on dope, on booze. That could be you. That's right. That could be me. But God, God is good. God is gracious. And I want to stir you up. Remember what God has done for you. That's why we're here today. Because God changed your life. Amen. God changed your life. Amen. And God wants to change other people's life. Because He loved you, He didn't just love you. He loves this world. This lost and dying world. And He wants to use you to go share that love. And go share the gospel. And go share the truth to people that have no truth. To people that have no peace. And He wants to use us. And He wants you to be stirred up. Remember what God did for you. Amen. And that's what God wants to do for somebody else. Right. So oftentimes as Christians, we forget everything God did for us. Amen. And we just want to sit down and relax in what God has done for us. And God wants to stir it up. He wants to stir us up. You know, my wife, she'll make cookies. Praise the Lord, I love cookies. <laughs> It goes really well as a dairy farmer because we have lots of milk. 
Yeah. And so you want milk and cookies. We never have to worry about going to the store because we got milk typically. But when she puts all the ingredients together, she'll, she'll throw some brown sugar in there. You can throw some vanilla. Is that right? Yeah, throw vanilla in there. And every now and then, if it's real special, she'll throw some of those walnuts or something like that in there. Praise the Lord for walnuts. I like them. But they don't do a whole lot if you just throw them all into a bowl. Yeah. It's got to be stirred up to be any good. I think of us as Christians, and God just was giving this to me just now. We've got singing. We've got our Bible. We've got praying. But it's got to be stirred up. It's got to be all put together for it to be any good. You can't just hold on to your Bible and read your Bible all day and read your Bible all night and do nothing and not put it with any prayer, not put it in any practice. And you can't just go out and knock on doors without reading your Bible and without being prayed up and without being filled with the Holy Spirit. And you can't sing without knowing the doctrinal, whether a song is right with the Bible or not, because there's a lot of wicked songs out there and you'll be singing all this praise and, and worship garbage. Right, yep. It all needs to be stirred up together. And if you remember where God had you, He wants to stir it up. Turn just one over. We're going to go to 2 Peter 3.1. Being stirred up is all through the Bible. The second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, and both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets of the commandment of us apostles of the Lord of the Lord and Savior. Did you hear what he said there? And this is in the same book. This is how I, sometimes God needs to say something again and again and again to get it into our our minds. Yeah, amen. I think of these little kids, and it reminds me of myself. Sometimes I'll give them a job to do. And it seems like within a minute they forgot all about the job I gave them. So I have to tell them again. And then they forget about it again and I have to tell them again. Yeah. And then they forget about it again. I've got to remind them, hey, I have you going over here for a job and I was wanting you to do this job. God is that same way with us. Yeah. You can sit here and say, oh, I need to be stirred up. And then your mind gets to wander. Oh, but I... What are we going to do this afternoon for lunch? Oh, and uh, you know, I am a bit hungry. And how long am I going to sit here for? Oh, that's right. I need to be stirred up. Oh, and then, and what I get a hold of this. Get those distractions out of your mind. Get a hold of this. It's the Word of God. Eat, eat, eat. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. You don't have pure minds in your flesh. Yeah. Our minds are corrupted. Our minds are filthy. But God wants you to have a pure mind. And He'll give you a pure mind. God gives us a pure mind. And He wants to stir up our pure minds by way of remembrance. That's how you get stirred up. You remember what God has done for you. You remember His words. You remember that God is blessed. and that, Oh, bless His holy name. Brother Josh remembered that. Hey, bless God. Amen. And that's why we read Psalms 103. Because we need to be reminded. It's not enough just to read your Bible for five minutes and set it down for the week. It's not enough to read your Bible for, for an hour a week. That ain't enough. Right. You want to eat, and we want to eat here in America three times a day. Yeah. And snack in between. Yeah. <laughs> right? We want to make sure we've got the, 
the trail mix, the chips and everything else. Because if we get a little bit hungry, we want to be able to feed ourselves. And yet we'll take the Word of God and we'll set it up on the shelf and say we did our daily Bible reading and we're good. And then you wonder why you struggle. And then you wonder why, because you've forgotten. You've forgotten and you're no longer stirred up. Yeah. We need to be stirred up by way of remembrance. And the best way to remember what God did for you is get into His words. Pray. Ask God to show you why you're here. Show you what the goal is. And remind you why you came down here. Why we're here to this lost and dying world giving the gospel out. We've got to be reminded. Verse 3. Knowing this first. That there shall come in the last day scoffers... Walking after their own lusts. There's scoffers out there. And if you're not stirred up and you're not reminded by the Word of God that you should have a pure mind and God will purify your mind, those scoffers will defeat us. When somebody laughs at you, you'll be willing to just throw in the towel. There's, There's scoffers out there. There's scoffers here in Gainesville. There's scoffers right over in that neighborhood. There's scoffers all over the place. Don't be discouraged by the scoffers. Remember, endure hardness as a good soldier. You're a soldier. Amen. That's right. They're scoffers. And saying, where is the promise of His coming? You ever been made fun of because you're looking for the Lord's return? That was going on here. That was going on with Peter. They were making fun. And they were mocking. Oh, your Lord's going to come? Oh, Oh, you say you're, 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 you're serving God? Then why, why'd your van break down? Yeah. Oh, you say you're serving God? Then why'd you get frustrated over the sound equipment? Oh, you say you're serving God? Then why'd your voice go out? Yeah. Oh, you say you're serving... And they will, they will mock and they will scoff at you. Because our power is not in our own flesh. It's not in our own abilities. It's in the power of the gospel. It's in the power of what God has done for us. It's in the power of His words, not in ourselves. And the world doesn't understand that. And you shouldn't expect the world to understand that. They think gain is godliness. That's what the world thinks. The world thinks if this this tent were to just take off and fill up this whole thing, and there's, oh, they might have something. The reality is the early, early church suffered. Yeah. They scoffed at Paul for being in a prison, I'm sure. Yeah. They said, oh, if God was with you, why, did you get, why would they stone you? Right. Look what happened to Jesus Christ. <laughs> Be remembered of what Jesus Christ did for us. What He went through. Amen. And then what God did. Look at it. We're remembered and of the commandments of us, of us the apostles, and our Lord and Savior. Knowing this verse, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. They're just following their own lusts, and their lusts are making them miserable. They need truth. And saying, where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, and they're talking about people dying there, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Man still dies. Man still gets weak. Man still, their flesh still fails them. And it's been that way since Adam and Eve. Turn with me to Luke chapter 23, verse 5. When you study the Word of God, when you study something out, there's the rule of going to the the first place it's mentioned in Scripture and the last place it's mentioned in Scripture. And we're looking up, stirring up right now. And I'm, I'm hoping that the Lord will use this to stir you up. Go to Exodus, I'm sorry. 
Exodus 35. We need stirred up. We need to be reminded. And this is the first time you hear stirring coming up. And this is, this is powerful. Because the Word of God is powerful. What I have to say is not powerful. But what God says is powerful. It's our food. Alright, so, so let's get a little context here. Moses, he's gathering up the congregation of Israel. And he's going to tell them something here. They're get, he's getting them ready for the tabernacle. And Moses gathered all the... Verse 1, Exodus 35, verse 1. And Moses gathered all the congregation of the children of Israel together and said unto them, These are the words which the Lord hath commanded, that ye should do them. That's powerful. When God commands something, it's not a suggestion. It's something you need to be doing. Verse 2, Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day there shall be to you and holy day, a Sabbath of rest to the Lord. Whatsoever doth work therein shall be put to death. God's serious about His commands. When God tells you to do something, you best snap to attention. You know, when a soldier doesn't obey, they, they have this terminology, they're going to smoke them. And if a soldier doesn't listen, when we were in fire academy, there was a lot of old drill sergeants that were there. And if you didn't follow in line, and if you didn't obey the commandments, you got punished. And one of the ways they'd punish you is they'd smoke you, and they'd say, all right, you're going to do as many push-ups as you can until failure. And then after you're done with that, you're going to do something else until failure. And then after that, you're going to do something else until failure. Why? Because it's important to follow commands. God, when He gives us a command, it's important to follow. It's not just a suggestion. It's not willy-nilly. And when you don't follow God's command, there's a punishment. And right here, He put them to death. God's commands are serious. That's how we apply that to our own lives. And I'm not going to get into all about the Sabbath this morning. But I want you to know that God's commands are serious. Ye shall kindle no fire throughout your, verse 3, your inhabitations upon the Sabbath day. Verse 4, And Moses spake unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. And get a hold of this. Whosoever is of a willing heart. Whosoever is of a willing heart. You know, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on your heart. You have a willing heart? Or are you reserving your heart back and going half-hearted into something? God wants you, God looks at your heart. And you may have us all fooled. And if I'm honest with myself, sometimes my heart is not willing. And we have to come to God and ask Him to give us a willing heart. God's looking at your heart. And He wants you to have a willing heart. And He says, whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it and an offering of the Lord, gold and silver and brass. This is all the precious stuff they had. God wants us willingly to give it. That's heavy, but it's true. And when you give over everything you have to God, it costs, but it's worth it. God blesses it. And when I say God blesses it, I don't mean in material things. (laughs) 
I've got to say that because the world has perverted that so much that, that they say, oh, if you serve God, you'll have a nice house. If you serve God, your vehicle's going to run great. If you serve God, you'll get nice clothes. If you serve God, you'll feel great. And all of that is a lie. And if you buy into that, then when you serve God and none of those things come to, pa- come to pass, then you turn on God. Yeah, that's right. God doesn't say bring everything to him because he's going to restore it. No, he wants you to bring everything to him because he wants to do something with it. That's right. And I'm sorry, but God's top concern is not that you feel good on this earth and this flesh. Amen. God's not, God's not, his top concern isn't that your AC runs. And I've got to say that because we're a Laodicean church agent. That's where we're at. And it's sad. I know it's sad, but that's where we're at. Does God need, do you, do you need to be perfect health and have everything going right to serve God? Because that's not what God promised. But God wants us to have a willing heart. And they took their blue and their purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hairs and ram skins dyed red and badger skins, shit and wood, and oil for the light and spices for anointing the oil for of the sweet incense and oxen stones and stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastplate. There's a lot of work going on here is what I see. And every wise-hearted among you shall come. If you're wise-hearted, you'll come. You'll follow God. You'll give everything to God. You give your vehicle to God. You give your time to God. When God snapped his finger and says, come, he wants you to come and he wants you to bring it all. He doesn't want you holding it back. And you may have everybody fooled that you've given it all when you haven't. And if you haven't given it your all and your heart isn't ready to serve God and your heart's not willing, God knows. I don't know. Brother Josh, you don't know. Brother Gabe, you don't know. Daddy, you don't know. But God knows where your heart is. And when you come to God and service to God, He wants your whole heart in it. He wants your heart, your mind, your soul into that. Into service of God. Come on down to verse 20. And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. They got their commands. And they departed from the presence. And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up. And everyone whom his spirit made willing, made willing. And they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation for all his service and for the holy garments. The whole congregation came together with a willing heart and said, God, if if you want this gold that I don't have a lot of gold... (coughs) If you want this, this silver, I might not have a lot of silver. Maybe they did. If you want this linen, you can have it. God, if you want it, it's yours. Are you willing today? If God says move, are you willing to move? If God says pray, are you willing to stop and pray? God wants us willing. And they were willing. Their heart was stirred. We'll read it again. And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up. God wants to stir up your heart. Is your heart stirred? Amen. You need to be reminded. Well, our hearts are stirred by being put in remembrance. Remember that. Remember what God did for you. Let your heart be stirred up. Pray that God will stir your heart. Amen. Amen. 
and make us willing. We can't make, uh, I'm not talking about being willing in your own flesh and saying, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to press forward and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. No, I'm saying you go to God and he gives you a willing heart. He helps you serve him. It's his strength. It's his grace. But their hearts were stirred. Verse 22. And they came, both men and women. Women, you're on this too. You're on this too. You know, husbands can't serve God without their wife with them. God, God put them together. And that's why the devil goes after the wife. The devil goes after the man, but the devil also goes after the wife because God said it's, the wife is the weaker vessel. And if the devil can get the wife all nagging his husband or her husband... And the, and the devil can get the wife to where she's worn out and, and, and saying, let's quit, let's go home, let's throw in the towel. It affects. It affects the ministry. We need wives. We need women that are willing to submit to God and submit to their husbands and follow God. Both had to be willing. Both, both men and women, as many as were willing-hearted and brought bracelets, and earrings and rings and tablets, all jewels of gold, every man that offered that offered, offered an offering of gold unto the Lord. And every man with whom was found blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen, goat's hair and red skins of rams and badger skins and brought them. And I know that doesn't sound like a lot to us here because we don't really value badger skins in our society. But here, let me, let's apply it to our lives. Let's apply these red skin. What are you holding on to that you won't give to God? Yeah. Your phone. What are you holding on to? Your vehicle? Your job? What are you holding on to that you won't give to God? And I'm not saying we all got to quit our jobs. I'm saying follow God and be of a willing heart. And when God says to give something to Him, give it. Don't hold on to it. Give it all to God. And that's what we're seeing here. They gave everything they had to God for His work to be done. There was a tabernacle to be built. There was, there was clothing that needed to be put together for the priests. And they gave it. They said, here, have it, take it. Men and women. Their earrings. The junk that was in their lives. They said, God, if it's your, I'm getting rid of it if you want me to get rid of it. It's yours. And that's what we've got to be willing to do as Christians. Amen. If you want to serve God, He's going to ask you for what you've got. Yeah. See, we want to serve God on our own, on our own standards, in our own ways. And we say, God, yeah, we'll serve you. But if you ask of this, I'm sorry, you're out of luck. Right. And God knows that. Right. So you won't tell your brother, you won't tell your sister, you won't tell your husband or wife that, hey, we're going to serve God, but we're not giving this up. But God knows. God knows where your heart is. Verse 26. Actually, we'll keep reading here. Uh, Verse 24. Everyone that did offer an offering of silver and of brass brought the Lord's offering, and every man with whom was found shittim wood for any work of the service brought it. And all the women that were wise-hearted did spin with their hands and brought that which they had spun, both of blue and of purple and of scarlet and of fine linen. 
Notice the women did the linens. <laughs> I'm glad that I've got a wife that does my laundry. <laughs> I just figured I'd throw that in there. But the women did all this work as well. Verse 26, And all the women whose heart stirred them up and wisdom spun goat's hair. And all the women whose heart stirred them up and wisdom spun their goat's hair. And, and it's not an easy thing. This is labor that they did. This is work that they did. Their hearts were stirred up though. And their hearts need to be stirred up to serve God. And, and we can get into a thing where it's like, oh, as husbands, we got to go. We gotta, and the husband's got to go. We got to work. We got work to do. Children, you've got work to do. This sound system got set up this morning. And correct me if I'm wrong, but there were all types of children running around helping set it up. That's right. Praise the Lord. Amen. And the children are worn out. I know from the little drive that we had from there to here, I had kids falling asleep. Yeah. Because they're worn out. Yeah. They're worn out just like I'm worn out. My wife's worn out just like I'm worn out. But God wants your whole heart. He wants you to be stirred up. And the reason why the women here, they were wise. Look at stirred them up in wisdom spun goat's hair and if you're wise you'll give everything you have to God God will give you the wisdom to be the best helpmeet that you can be to this meeting but your heart's got to be in the right place and the heart's a hard thing to preach on because it's desperately wicked it's desperately wicked our hearts are wicked and I can't tell what your heart is and, and I can't tell where my children's hearts are but God knows the heart God knows your heart, and He wants your whole heart in this thing. He wants your whole heart to serve Him. And if your heart's to serve Him, you'll give stuff up. You'll give what God says give. And I'm not talking about money. It could be money. It could be money. I'm talking about everything. The children of Israel, verse 29, oh, we'll go to 27, and the rulers brought ox and stones, and stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastplate and spice and oil for the light and for an anointing oil and for the sweet incense. The children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord. Every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all manner of work. For the Lord hath commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. The Lord hath commanded. And notice he did it through Moses. God worked through a man. I don't always like that. I don't. <laughs> I don't always like that. But that's the way God works. God uses preachers yeah. to preach the Word of God. And it's humbling. Amen. Whose heart made them willing, though, to bring in all manner... Of, look at that. Look at that again. Let's read that again. The children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord, every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all manner of work. For all manner of work. For all manner of work. There's work to be done. All manner of work. It's not an easy task to prepare a bunch of food. It's not an easy task to go in the heat of the day to go door knock when you're tired and you're worn out. But God says all manner of work. 
the sound system, the setting up signs, the handing out flyers, the handing out gospel tracts, all of it. Yeah. Cleaning the house. Yeah. Littles and, and wives and husbands. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. All manner of work. Are you willing? Is your heart stirred up and willing? I'm preaching myself under conviction. The children of Israel brought a willing offering to the Lord. Are you willing? Is your heart stirred up? You know the world's willing. The world gets stirred up. Let's go to Acts 6 real quick. Acts chapter 6. You know something? The the devil encourages the world. The devil keeps the world going. You know that drunk gets done drinking and he vomits and he's got vomit all over him and he don't remember where he was last night. He don't remember what he did. And he's on the side of a road or stumbled up in somebody's driveway. This happens all the time because he's in the world. I I see it all the time. If you pay attention as you're driving around Gainesville or driving around Springfield, you'll see this. And the world just tears them up and eats them up and, and tears them apart and wears them out and drains them. And then you know what happens? They wake up from their stupor. Where am I? I've got a, a, a pounding headache. Praise the Lord, I've never been drunk before. Praise the Lord, I've never touched whiskey or alcohol. But from what they've said, they get pounding headaches. What do they call it? Oh, a hangover. They wake up with a hangover from all the wicked, vile junk that they poured in their body. And you know what the devil does? The devil stirs them back up by the end of that day or mid-afternoon. They're ready to do it all over again. Yeah, that's right. But they were worn out, you say. But they were left in the ditch, you say. But they vomited all over themselves. Why do they keep repeating it? Because the devil stirs the world up. And you know what they remember? You know what they hold on to? Isn't the drunkenness... (coughs) They don't hold on to the fact that they had a hangover. They hold on to the fact that they got filled with booze and whiskey and the good time that it was. And that's what they remember. And that's what the devil stirs them up with. And that's what they focus on. And they go do the whole thing all over again. You know, God gave me a heart for the Amish folks. He does. I've got Amish all around me. And one thing I hear um, that some of the Amish folks, they'll work their guts out. And, and, and I, I have seen the horse and buggies, not my local Amish, but the Amish in Seymour. I have seen them where they have alcohol all stacked in their horse and buggy. And what they're known for is they'll go work their heart out and they'll go work their guts out and then they'll go drink all night. And then they'll come back and do it all over again. And there's people in the world, I've, I've heard you tell me of people that will drink, all, they'll, they'll put in a hard day's worth of work. I mean, they'll sweat and they'll give everything they've got to this job and then they finish the job and they go to the bar. I've worked with people that have, that have testified of doing this. And then they go repeat it all again, even though they're worn out, even though they've put in a hard day's work, they still give time to Satan. Yeah. They don't miss their night at the bar. They don't miss their night drinking because they're worn out. 
No, they remember the good times. And even though they, they vomited all over themselves, even though they found themselves in a gutter, even though the heroin caused them to literally overdose, yeah. and that they, their heart stopped beating, the devil stirs them back up and they go do it again. And how much more powerful is the Word of God? How much more powerful is the Holy Spirit? How much more powerful is our songs and the Bible that we've got and yet we set aside and we remember, oh, we've got a headache. Oh, we remember we were tired. Oh, we, were, we dwell on all those things. And we're tempted to give up. And a lot of times we do. But we've got more than what the world has. And I'm trying to stir you up. Because the world gets stirred up and repeats the same thing. And we've got more than what they have to offer. God gives us more. And it's real. Acts 6, verse 9. This is the world being stirred up. We'll start in verse 9. Then there arose... <clears throat> the devil doesn't like the gospel going out. Then there arose certain of the synagogue which is called the synagogue of the Liberians and the Cephrians and the Alexandrians and of the Cilia, Cilcia and of Asia disputing with Stephen. They were disputing with Stephen. You guys remember Stephen? Yep. Oh, what a preacher. Amen. That man preached. He preached until he was stoned and while he was being stoned, he's still preaching. Praise the Lord Amen. for him. He gave everything he had. There's an example of a willing heart. Amen. And he's preaching, and they're mad about it. They're resisting him. You know, sometimes we get to thinking that the old, the old church here, the New, the New Testament church, had it easy. That's why they were able to do that. Oh, God, you know, made it e God didn't make it easy on them. It was difficult. Yeah. They had tribulations, and they preached the gospel. Right. We got nothing compared to the, to, the, to the battle that they have gone through. If we did, there would be people here right now trying to stop us. And there's nobody here stopping us. Yeah. The police have not pulled in and said, you know what? In fact, we haven't even been asked about a permit for this place. Right. Praise the Lord. Amen. God makes it easy on us. Amen. They went through a lot of hard times. They went through all these cities here. And here is, they're disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for that. Say amen right there. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. The world tries to resist. Did you, did, did you catch a hold of that? It's not because they're not resisting. It's not because they're not giving him a hard time. It's not because Stephen didn't grow weary. It's not because Stephen was just full of all types of energy. He was resisted, but they couldn't stop it. The world doesn't have the ability to stop God. That's right. The devil doesn't have the ability to, 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 to stop the Holy Spirit. It's more powerful. And they can resist and they will. The world can scoff and they will. But they cannot stop the wisdom by which the Spirit and He spake. They can resist it, but they can't stop it. Verse 11. Then they suborned, suborned men, which said, We have heard him speaking or speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. They lied against him. Yeah. And they'll lie against us. The devil hasn't changed. The, the, the world will lie and say, Oh, they're just full of hate. And we're not. The world will lie and say they speak blasphemous stuff. Yeah. 
The world will even lie and say, oh, he, he did this sin or he did that sin. And as Christians, if we're not careful, we'll catch on to the world's lies and go to repeating them about each other and tear each other up. That's a thing. That's a real thing. Churches, I've seen fight each other. Christians, I've seen fight each other. And I don't want to fight a Christian that's got the gospel right and is, right. And is preaching the gospel because I've got loved ones. Yeah. And I want, somebody, I want somebody to go share the gospel with my loved ones. Yeah. You've got loved ones. We've got a world that's fighting against us. We've got lost people all around us. Don't buy into the devil's lies and go fighting your brother. Encourage them where you can encourage them. They don't have to have all their doctrine perfectly in a row in order for you to have fellowship with them, in order for you to encourage them to get the gospel out. Anyways, they told lies about him. They're telling lies about Stephen, just like the world tells lies about us. And they got men to go ahead and speak, blast, uh, to, to speak these lies about Stephen. And verse 12, And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to council. The world stirs up the world. The world stirs up the world. The devil stirs up his people. That's right. The devil's stirring up his people right now and saying, hey, you don't have to go to the tent revival. There's people that, did you hear the hate, the hate preach that they were preaching last night? Yeah. And he stirs them up. Hey, when they come over, they're going to do this. And I don't want to focus so much on that as much as it is that the Holy Spirit and God wants us to be stirred up. Amen. You should be stirred up. It, it doesn't seem like we've got a large group of people this morning, and that's all right. But we've got more people than just Stephen. Yeah. It's just Stephen right here. Yeah. You don't see how he's catching. It's just Stephen. And God used just Stephen. Yeah. And God will use just us. Amen. Amen. And the Holy Spirit is more powerful than any of the stirring up this world can do. Yeah. But we're foolish if we don't expect the world to be stirred up against us. Yeah. Right. But we've got to remember, we're stirred up by remembering what God has done for you. Yeah. When you've got a headache. When you're worn out, when you're not feeling like getting up, get in your Bible and remember what God has done for you. Ask Him for strength and He'll give, give you strength. Believe God. Amen. Amen. And go to work. Amen. Whether it's sweeping, whether it's setting up sound equipment, whether it's getting up and singing when you don't feel like singing, ask God for the strength and He'll give it to you. Believe God. Amen. Be stirred up. Be stirred up. I know we're tired. And it's Tuesday. But I know something else. I know that the Holy Spirit is stronger than your weak flesh. And I know, uh, turn real quick. Turn real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Sometimes it's good to turn and actually see the words of Scripture. Amen. 2 Corinthians 12. Paul was worn out. Peter was worn out. Stephen was worn out. In fact, name me one person. Moses got worn out. Elijah got worn out. Name me one person in the Bible 
who didn't get worn out in the flesh. You won't find it. You won't find it. Because guess what? When you serve God, that's why He says to endure hardness. As a, there's hardness. Your body is going to get tired. You're going to get sick. You're going to get worn out. You're going to get a headache. Your vehicle is going to break down sometimes. Things aren't going to go right all the time with the sound system. Things aren't always going to go right when you're out giving out the gospel. Sometimes the tracks might get wet. Yeah. Amen. You might get a little dirt where you don't want dirt. Things are going to happen. Know that. Know that we're in a battle. Know that things aren't always going to go right. And go to God. Go to God. He'll give you the strength. It's not in your own abilities. And you see that real, real close. You get to serving God and you realize real quick that you don't have the strength in your flesh. Alright, so here's Paul. He got caught up and he got to see things he wasn't even able to talk about. He couldn't even put them into words. And we'll start verse 5. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 5. And of such a one will I glory, talking about Jesus Christ, yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmities. Hold on. He's a glorying not in himself, but in his infirmities. Because there's only one that gets the glory, and it isn't Michael, and it isn't Josh, and it isn't, it isn't Gabe, it isn't my dad, it's not any of you children, it's not our wives. God gets the glory. Amen. And if you're looking for yourself to be popped up, with, oh, I did this, and we went down and we did this tent revival, then the glory's in the wrong place. The glory goes to God. God gets the glory. You know what we glory in? Is our infirmities. Did you get a hold of that? That's what we have right there is infirmities. And here's why we glory in the infirmities. is because God gets the glory through it. For though I would desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. He's saying you're a fool if you want the glory. Yeah. Amen. That's what God said. I'm not calling you a fool. But what God said is if you desire to get the glory, you're a fool. And Paul's saying, I would desire to glory. And he's being honest. We should take a note there. And if you're honest with yourself, we do all have a desire to glory ourselves. I've got a desire to bring glory to myself if I'm honest. That's where I'm at. But I'd be a fool. I'd be a fool. For I will say the truth. Praise the Lord. God gives us truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. God is clear that it wasn't Paul. And he said, he don't want you to think it's Paul. We shouldn't prop up Paul as, oh, Paul was some great man. Although God used Paul in a great way. But God is the one that got the glory through Paul's ministry, not Paul. Verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. We don't like that. The messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. You know what he just said? He said that God allowed him to have an infirmity. God, God, I heard it put this way and I, and I like it. He got, Paul got a box in the mail. And it said by God there. 
and he's he's opening it up and the devil pops out of it yeah <laughs> and the reason why God and, and God and, and Paul prayed to God and said God get rid of this infirmity get rid of this thorn in my side and God said no God said, no, I'm going to leave you with this infirmity. I'm going to leave you with this thorn in your side so that I get the glory and not you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. See, here's our problem. We pray that God removes our aching back. Right. And we pray that God removes our headache. And we pray that God makes the ways easy for us. And I'm all for praying for good health. But you have to have the willing heart to God that even though God may leave that infirmity on you, even though God may leave that thorn in your side, and God doesn't take away your tiredness, and God might not take away your headache, and God might not take away your aching back, and God might not take away all the problems with sound equipment, and God might not take away all the problems with setting up a tent or getting the gospel out or your car problems. God might not get all those, get rid of all those things. Our, our goal and our prayer should be that we keep serving God in our infirmities. That God gets exalted, not yourself. God might stick us with infirmities so that way He gets the glory and we don't give ourselves the glory. God knows what we need. And sometimes it's a thorn in the flesh. Look at that. The messenger... The messenger of Satan to buffet me. That was what was in the box that he opened up. And God allowed it. Let's read that again. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation. God giving them all this stuff. God opened the word to them. God gave them books to write that were going to go in the Bible. God gave them all types of revelation. And if God gave me that much revelation, I'd be blown out probably. And God knew that with Paul. He's given them all types of revelation, given them all types of stuff. God's given us stuff. God's been good to us. God's fed us His words. I could be in a phony fake church with phony fake doctrine, wandering off into the world, doing all types of garbage, playing all types of drums up and, and, and thinking that you're serving God when you're not serving God. But God in His mercy to me, God in His grace to me has given us truth. Something real to grab a hold of. But when that happens, we have a tendency to glory ourselves. That's what Paul said here. He's got a desire to glory, and he'd be a fool if he did that. So what happened? God gave him a thorn in the flesh. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh. The messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. God knew what he needed. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it may depart from me. He got down on his hands and his knees. He got down and said, God, get rid of this messenger of Satan, Lord. It's buffeting me. Lord, you know it's buffeting me. You know it's hurting me. You know it's causing me pain. God, get rid of it. Please, get rid of it. And he poured his heart out to God. Not once. The first time maybe he thought, well, I just didn't believe enough. The first time maybe he said, you know, I didn't pray hard enough. So he got down on his knees a second time. And he pled and he begged the Lord, Get rid of this infirmity. Get rid of this messenger of Satan. It's hurting. It's hurting. And he poured his heart out to God a second time. And then the third time, he got down on his knees again. And he prayed to God to remove this messenger of Satan. He prayed to God to remove his headache. He prayed to God to remove his his lightheadedness. 
He prayed for God to give him energy because he had no energy. He prayed to God to remove his sickness because he was sick. He prayed to God to, to help his throat. I don't know exactly what the infirmity is. And I think God did that on purpose because the infirmity is all through right. all different types of things. Right. Yeah. But the point that I want you to get a hold of is he prayed three times to remove it. Amen. And I believe Paul prayed. I mean, he prayed. And he asked God. And he's close to God. Remember, God gave him all this revelation. It's not because he didn't know God. It's not because he didn't know how to pray that it didn't get removed. He's praying that, that God would remove this so he can continue to serve the Lord. Amen. You'd think, okay, that's a good prayer, right? You'd think, okay, God would listen to that and God would just remove it. But he didn't. Because he didn't want Paul exalted. He knew what Paul needed. So that way God would get the glory. So he didn't think of himself more highly than he ought. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it may depart from me. He sought the Lord. And you might seek the Lord to remove the infirmity. And what if God doesn't move the infirmity? Remove it. What if God doesn't get rid of it? Are you going to give God the glory? Or do you want yourself exalted? Be honest with yourself. Again, it's your heart, your willingness in your heart. I can't see your heart today. I can't see your heart this morning. You can't see my heart this morning. But God sees your heart. God knows where you're at. And if your heart's not willing, ask God. Get it right with God. Verse 9, And he said unto me, this is what God's answer was. It wasn't the answer Paul was looking for. And sometimes the answer to our prayers isn't what we want them to be. We pray, and I keep going back to the headache because the headache's a real deal. <laughs> we, we pray and we ask God to remove our headache or our stomach or, or whatever the infirmity is. You understand? And we, we, we hope that God's, God's answer is, okay, I'll get rid of that. And sometimes it is. Yeah. But when it's not, and for Paul's case it wasn't, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. My grace is sufficient for thee. My grace is sufficient for thee. God's grace is sufficient for you. God's grace is sufficient for you. Do you believe that? We read that. But I'm saying apply it to your heart. Apply it personally. Get it in your head. Get it in your heart that God's grace is sufficient despite your infirmities. God's grace is uh, uh, sufficient with your infirmities. Amen. God's grace is sufficient for my strength. God's strength is made perfect in weakness. Amen. I don't like to hear that. This isn't prosperity gospel. That's right. This isn't, oh, everything's going to be roses and, and, and dandelions. Right. This is, hey, you might have an infirmity and God will use that for His strength. To, so you know it was God's strength because you're weak. Amen. And we say weak. We say we're tired. We say we've got a headache. We say our stomach's upset. We say we don't have the energy. That's our weakness. But God's strength shines through when we're weak. Amen. Gideon didn't win the battle. God won the battle. And Gideon knew it, and the children of Israel knew it, because they didn't have enough soldiers. The, sol- the battle that they were going into, the Bible says that they were like sand on a seashore. You, you couldn't see the end of their army. 
Yeah. And they're showing up with just a few soldiers compare in comparison. Yeah. I think it was what? 200 or 300? 300? Compared to an army that you can't see the end of? Yeah. But God won the battle. Amen. And we're sitting here in this tent and praise God for it. Amen. Praise God for it. I'm... I, I'm glad that God has set this up. And don't take this as, oh, I'm complaining. I'm not. I'm grateful that God has given us this tent. I'm grateful that God has given us speakers. I'm grateful that God has given us tracks. I'm grateful that God has provided for us. I am. God has given us a lot. He's given us way more than I ever deserved. But it's small in the scope of Gainesville. It is. We're a tiny little speck on the outskirts of town right here. we got neighborhoods around us, but it's small. And Gideon's army was small. Right. And Paul was just one man. Yeah. Paul didn't even have a wife. Yeah. But God used him. And God used Gideon. And God's the one that wins the battles. God's the one that gives the victory, not yourself. It isn't based on your health. It's not based on how well you feel. The, with the infirmities, God's strength is made known. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now get a hold of this. Get ready. Hide this in your heart. Perk your ears up. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in mine infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. That the power of Christ rested upon him. He said, I'm... God, if you want to leave me with this, this pain, if you want to leave me with this, this heartache, if you want to leave me with this, this hurt, I'm glad. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for this infirmity. Because when I'm weak, you're made strong. And the power of Christ came upon him. The power of God. And here we're reading 2 Corinthians. We're reading Galatians. We're reading Ephesians. We're reading 1 Corinthians. Why? Because the power of Christ came to Paul. Amen. And we go give out the gospel. It's not in our own power. It's not in our own strength. Right. Amen. When you're worn out and you don't feel like cooking, when you're worn out and you don't feel like getting up, when you're worn out and you don't feel like singing, it ain't about you. It ain't about how weak you are. It's the power of Christ we're needing. Amen. It's the power of God that we need. I hope you get a hold of that. I hope, I hope you get to a point where you ask God, God, help me to be glad for my infirmities that you get the glory. And when your heart is willing and put in that point, God uses it. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities. He's glad about it. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. He's glad. He's glad and he's taking pleasure now in his infirmities. He said, my head's pounding, I can't barely think, and I'm going to take pleasure in it because God gets the strength. God has the power to give me. Amen. It ain't me. So he's taking pleasure in his infirmities and in his reproaches and his necessities and his persecutions. We think we have necessities. Yeah. And God provides our necessities. And persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. And you come to the point that he's not saying he's strong in his flesh. He's saying that God is strong through him. 
And you come to that point when you see all the distresses. Oh, I'm stressed out beyond belief. I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know where I'm going to live. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how we're going to set this up. I don't know what neighborhood we're going to... And you can stress out. (coughs) And you've got all these distresses. And you've got all this weakness. But God is strong. And that's where Paul's strength came from. And that's where your strength is going to come from. It ain't going to be because you started feeling better because you ate the right vitamins. And I'm not against eating vitamins and I'm not against a healthy diet. I'm not. But don't count on your healthy diet. Don't count on the right vitamins. What what you can count on is the power of Christ. Don't count on your headache going away. Don't count on your stomach feeling better. Don't count on you all of a sudden woke up with all types of energy. I like a good nap. I do. I really do. I like to go to bed, take a nap, and wake up and feel better. I really do. But if that's what I'm counting on to keep me going, I'm counting on the wrong thing. We've got to count on the power of God. And we've got to have a willing heart that if God says, No, I'm going to leave you with this infirmity. Brother Josh, I'm going to leave you with that cough. If God says that, you've got to be willing. Amen. I don't mean to get too personal. That's all right. But there's infirmities. And we can't count on God removing the infirmities. That's what we want. That's what I want. I want God to just get rid of all my infirmities. But God might not get rid of your infirmities so that He gets the glory. And our prayer and our heart needs to be right with God to say, God, if you don't remove the infirmities, help me to be stirred up. Help me to remember what you've done for me that Christ's power may rest upon me. Amen. Not my own power. Amen. Not my own power. We can't count on our own strength. We're weak. We're weak. I'm weak. Our flesh is weak. Paul's flesh was weak. Elijah's flesh was weak. Our flesh is weak. We're frail dust. God might not remove our infirmities, but are you willing? Are you willing? Is your heart willing towards God to say, hey, God, help me serve you. And if if I come to you three times and pray my heart out to remove the infirmities and you don't remove the infirmity, that I will glory in it. That I'll take pleasure in that infirmity so that way Christ's power can rest upon me. Let's pray that Christ's power rest upon us. Brother Josh.